When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Siri, tell them who the next guest is on the show. Siri, say my name. Just minutes after completing an order at Boxed Cab Co. in the Bayview neighborhood of San Francisco. I am Siri, and this is Talkin' Schmidt. Today on the show we have Dennis Busenitz, a.k.a. Booz and Tits. Dennis grew up in Germany, later moved to a small town in Kansas, and eventually headed west where he got sponsored and turned pro for real skateboards. He's often been a top contender for the coveted Skater of the Year award, and although he's known to go fast and flip his skateboard, he also flipped a car in Australia with Monk and Felper. After discussing the great American rock band topic, it was discovered that Def Leppard's four words that you hear at the start of Rock of Ages mean nothing. It's actually just German-sounding gibberish. But whatever mumbo-jumbo you're doing right now doesn't is not German, but that doesn't mean that you're just, like, botching it. Thank you, Siri. Also, last week, Atlas Skate Shop and I did a little promotion where we gave away a free set of Spitfire wheels to the first person who came into their shop and bought a Talkin' Schmidt t-shirt. Congratulations to Brian Clark as San Mateo. Shout out. Your wheels are in the mail. One last thing. The executive director will be interviewing me for episode 50, so send any questions you'd like her to include to Talkin' Schmidt at gmail.com. That's T-A-L-K-I-N-S-C-H-M-I-T at gmail.com. The deadline is October 25th. Okay, well, we couldn't get Mad Bum, who wears number 40, but we did get Dennis. So, without further ado... This is Dennis Puznitz, and you're listening to Talking Schmidt. It's cool, like tonight is the night. Here we go again. Give it the all cars right All big dogs in. What do you think, Smitty? 96 times, Smitty. Thanks, Smitty. We on? Smitty? Talking Schmidt. He's so fucking dirty. Shit my pants, lad. Your Rolodex is fucking deep. Are you ready? Come on, Smith. Welcome back. We are in the Presida. We're making dreams come true here. We're under a nice little foliage, relaxed back with my next guest, Mr. Dennis Boozenitz. Hello. How are you? Pretty good. Nice. Thanks for uh, taking the time out. This is this has given me a little feeling of legitimacy here. For your podcast? Yeah, I really appreciate it. No, you're you're as legis, legit as all the other podcasts. Do you ever listen to any podcast? Uh, yeah, I enjoy this uh, podcast called a uh, political. It's like it's an economic update. It's like this communist economics pro- professor. But I've listened to yours. Yeah, I've listened to Evans, uh, Tony Farmers. You guys bickering about the greatest U.S. <laughs> band and all that. <laughs> 
<laughs> so legit. <laughs> uh, yeah. uh, what is it? Aerosmith. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. <laughs> yeah, and then we got Rob Welsh holding out for number 69. Oh, yeah. He said he he doesn't want to do it till episode number 69. Why not? I don't know. It's Rob and his whole deal. How many do you have left to go? Well, this is probably... I think we're at 39 right now. So we got 30 more. I don't know if I know 30 more people, though. Might have to go from like 52 to 69. Well, you can interview people you don't know, too. Yeah, just pull over Unawheel guys in the streets. (laughs) You don't have to tell them either. Where were you born? I was born in Kansas. Newton, Kansas. It's kind of in the center. It's like a... Small town? 40 minutes north of uh, Wichita. Okay. uh, Town of like... I think there are like 12,000 or something like that. Maybe uh-huh. maybe a little more. Yeah, I have a lot of farm uh, family out there. Yeah, that's where my dad's from. So that's where you were raised, right? That's where I was raised? Yeah. No. When I was like a couple of months old, my, my parents went to uh, Germany. Went back to Germany. Oh. They had already lived there for like 15 years or something like that, and they just came home to Kansas for like a year. And uh, during that year, I was born. And so it was just kind of like a little vacation for them born in kansas but raised in germany there's a spider on my microphone what kind of operation is this i'm like one of the few in my family who could become president because i uh, was born in the u.s where did you discover this first skateboard then my older siblings had uh like a banana board like one of those old i don't know who made it but that was like laying around the house and just I played with it as like a toy uh, but they couldn't do like ollies or anything like that and I guess nobody was really doing ollies back then they they had it like in the 70s and I guess I was like five or something like that and the neighborhood kid got like a legit skateboard and uh, was trying to figure out how to ollie up a curb and we we're just like hanging out together and whatever let us skate with us with it with his board and stuff and then yep had to get our own of course Mm-hmm. Do you remember what the first like legitimate skateboard was? It was a. Uh, well, I got like a Walmart board, and then and then my first legit board came from a Air Force base, and it was a GNS complete. Mm. And I don't really know what the board was, but I I remember the trucks. They were like the hollow GNS trucks. I thought that was the best thing in the world. <laughs> All light. I guess gimmicks still work. Yeah. <laughs> My my brother's in the Air Force, or he was in the Air Force, and um, we like just went to the Army base to drink Dr. Pepper and like buy skateboards. Apparently, that's where my parents wanted to get us skateboards, and uh, they didn't have like options. These are like the only GNS completes were there. Uh-huh. And, uh, my friend Matt was telling me about how like back then, if you're a skateboard company and you got the like military to buy your board, because I guess they just do like a one one stop shop thing. They just buy like whatever thirty thousand GNS completes and then just ship them all over the world to their army bases, and you're you're stoked when you get that order. I guess which <laughs> makes sense. Holy shit! Uh, so that that was my first legit skateboard. So did you kind of learn some skills before you moved back to the U.S., or did your skating really come more when you were back in Kansas? Like, when did you learn to ollie and stuff? Oh. In Germany? Yeah, yeah. Like, when I was, like, that age. Like, it didn't take that long. Because you were there till what? Like, 13? 15. 15. Yeah, I, I, I got all my my skating uh, 
fundamentals in Germany. Uh-huh. Uh, there's like a youth center, like, I don't know, in our neighborhood. And these uh, five older dudes built a mini ramp there. And uh, like a mini ramp and a jump ramp. And uh, word got around that that was happening. So we went and checked that out on a Saturday. It was very exciting. It was like in the neighborhood, but it was like a mission to get the, as like a little kid, we're like, oh, we're going to go and make a, make a day out of it and check out this like ramp that everybody's talking about. And uh, yeah, they're all, they're all like such dicks. They were like, <laughs> no, but they're actually pretty cool, I guess. But like, I guess it's just like back then, like skating was harsh and, and they weren't like, yeah, get up on the ramp, learn how to drop in. They're just like mad dogging us the whole time and just like harshed us and then and then like i guess that's where we kind of learned like skate etiquette and we'd like just have to wait till they were just asked out and tired and then <laughs> and then uh, we got to like try try our stuff uh-huh that's like where we learned like you don't put your tail down while somebody's skating the ramp i don't know what the fuck's up with that kids yeah you cannot put your tail down while somebody's skating that's insane <laughs> that's like the, mu- the music coming on during your oscars expe- your speech or whatever like you're done <laughs> uh was the mag out there and shit like did you were you aware of like the industry and all that stuff at that time uh somewhat i remember we had like a, a, the mag and and like uh looking at all the catalogs because that back then you like order boards from the mag i think and and they had like just pictures of like boards and we're always like drooling over those i didn't really pay that much attention to like the the content like all i remember from the mag is like just like wishing i had those like skateboards and like thinking that that would be the ticket Hmm. uh but then like the first exposure i got to like uh what would you call that ripping professional skateboarding ripping yeah was uh the band this video like this kid in our neighborhood he he was kind of on the same uh, trajectory as we were and uh he tried to ollie this three stair and just pogo sticked his board <laughs> and uh it was just like he just hung up the towel he's like i'm never skateboarding again he's just like <laughs> just like and and he had that video and we're like oh yeah we'll help you get rid of that and so we we studied that pretty uh uh, in depth was that like the first skate video you remember seeing then band this yeah okay yeah that, that was it for sure and then eventually you moved back to kansas correct yeah for several reasons my grandmother was uh 96 or 97 and she was having some health issues and my dad wanted to not stick her in a home wanted to live with her my uh one of my siblings was uh, being a rebellious teenager, and uh, my my parents kind of thought that maybe it's time to get out of Germany for that reason. Yeah, so my, my parents kind of, like, retired. I was all on board, because at that, at that time, it was like, I was skating a lot. Like, Mouse came out, or was already out for like a year or so. Mm-hmm. And uh, Were you still in school? Yeah. Okay. I finished ninth grade in Germany and then moved. But yeah, I was I was like heavily into skating, and then like uh, and then my parents were like, "We're moving to America," and I was like, "Great, hubba hideout, here I come." <laughs> yeah, it's pretty. It's comical now, man. But that was a pretty dark time in my life. Really, like trying to skate in Newton, Kansas. 
And probably just making all new friends and switching. Like, that's high school. That's kind of when you're, like, really discovering a lot of shit about life. Yeah, yeah. Very formative years. Uh-huh. And just, like, the American way of life, I guess. Uh, rural America, like, just the need for a car. Like, I never really understood that when I lived in Germany because you just... I guess I also lived in a city, so you just get around on a bike and bus and train or whatever, and you don't you don't have to get a driver's license like most most kids don't get driver's license there. And then like f- finding myself in Kansas, just being like, oh damn, like if you can't drive, you're just like imprisoned in in your home, kind of almost. So I don't know if that's the, around the same time when you first moved back there, but. There's an infamous story about you meeting Heath Kirchart for the first time. <laughs> infamous story, please. <laughs> this is, uh, I know where this came from, Becker. <laughs> no, nah, that was already like uh, or two or three years into it. My mom was awesome, and uh, she kind of picked up on the fact that me trying to skateboard in Kansas was just like torture. So she she helped out as much as she could, and like before I had a driver's license, she'd drive me to the park in Wichita to skate because that was like the only thing to skate really. Mm-hmm. I mean, there's like I guess parking lots and stuff like that in Newton, and uh, if you wanted to skate anything else, you had to go to uh, Wichita. So she, she drove me there a bunch, and there's a park there, and I just skated that park all the fucking time. And then like two two and a half years of of skating in that park all the time, like. Like, no pros came to that park ever. Yeah, the Birdhouse team came through. It was Jay Strickland, Kurchart, Reynolds, and Lenosi. And they showed up in, like, a Lincoln Town car. And, uh, yeah, I had to show them every trick I could do. <laughs> Why not? <laughs> yeah. That was a different time then. I mean, not like that excuses it. Like, looking back at it, I still feel pretty kooky about it. But at the same time, like, if there's a time to shine, I think that's it. Yeah, I don't think Heath liked it at all. <laughs> I don't even know if he still remembers it. You've never talked to him since or anything about this? I've, I've talked to him since then, but I didn't bring this up. Right. Uh, I'm not that confident. But that was epic. It was like, I was so, so excited. That was s- like your first interaction with the, the real deal dudes, right? Or Kind of, yeah. At one point, there was a, a Two Fish. Do you remember that shoe company, Two Fish? No. Yeah, they made shoes, and um, Dan Rogers skated for them, and uh, JTMR, and they came through. So that was like my first uh, pro sighting, I guess. Okay. Sorry, JTMR, you're no Reynolds. (laughs) Yeah, but he he is the man. I guess I was exposed to like a different side of skateboarding that I probably wouldn't have experienced in Germany, Uh, like a lot more uh, transition I never skated any kind of a bowl in Germany, and the park had like a a corner pocket and and bigger ramps, like like a ten foot ramp. N- didn't really skate that in Germany. Like to vert or yeah, vert. Oh right. It's like a, just like a speed wall basically, and in Germany it was like more like tech street skating, like a little bit hip hop, I guess, and then like Kansas is was like a little bit more like hessian like whatever beer city skates you know them yeah yeah like that kind of vibe okay so just i don't know don't wax it go faster mentality Uh uh-huh kind of kind of kansas 
just power through shit. Yeah, yeah. And then was that around the time where you got your first sponsor? I don't know if you'd know that dude, uh, Lorne. I don't ever know how to say his last name. M-A-G-I-L. Lauren. He worked at Deluxe for a while. Oh, no, I don't know. Yeah, he, he like, ran the park. He, he designed it and built the ramps in Kansas. And uh, he was friends with Jason Ferris. Because Jason Ferris is is from uh, Newton, Kansas, and he's he's uh, he was a Spitfire team manager. He, he moved out here and became Spitfire team manager, and he he like left right before I got there. We always like had that in common, but never oh, like experienced it together. And it's pretty damn random because I mean the same exact town. Yeah, and he just let, but he wasn't there overlapping your time at all. No, not at all. Holy shit! I didn't mm. know that. I thought he was from Colorado or something. And. Uh, just the the fact that like that town could produce that dude always trips me out too because he's one of a kind and i don't know i don't think you find people like that in kansas much so lauren and jason were friends and jason was like doing the deluxe thing out here and skating and just living the california skateboard life and uh lauren i got to know lauren and we skated together and everything like that and then i and uh he encouraged me to make a a tape and i uh, made a tape and then uh Lauren moved out here and worked for Deluxe, and he gave them my tape, and then uh, uh, Tommy called me and uh, yeah, asked me if I wanted to get boards, or yeah, I don't know, it's like, I think it was just kind of like a phone call, like like he just wanted to like Let me send you talk to shit. me before they send me shit, and just like, hey, I'm Tommy Guerrero, and he's like, oh, oh, <laughs> you know, and just like, I want to send you some boards, and I was like, okay. <laughs> <laughs> And then and then yeah they they sent me some some stuff and um, they wanted to keep seeing footage so I like kept like sending them like me jumping around in a parking lot in Kansas and then uh, they wanted to get me out to Tampa and, and uh, Jason sent me like two two huge boxes to sell to buy a ticket so I did that and went to Tampa so I I met all the deluxe dudes in Tampa. Uh, before I'd ever been to California. That was Tampa 2000. I uh, was thrilled, thrilled to be there. I met Jamie Thomas. That was crazy. Like, yeah, just like pro overload. overload and uh, That was like from Kansas straight to like a huge part of the industry all at once. I guess so, yeah. And I didn't really understand what a big part of it it was. I was just excited to like see all these dudes skating and stuff and just be at that park because that park is like a very like you know carries a lot of weight in skateboarding at this point you know yeah i've i'd seen it in like forum ones and everything and and like it's a rad park yeah i think they're worried about me getting snatched up or something like that real yeah they put me on the team there oh sick how'd you do in that contest i don't know <laughs> you don't remember um i didn't do bad i, d I got into the finals and everything oh I couldn't care less. I was having the time of my life. Right. <laughs> yeah, that, that's when, like, uh, Apple Yard came up in that contest. That that's, same year? Yeah. 2000? Damn. Yeah, I think that's when he was, like, nobody really knew about him. I think he was already sponsored and everything, too, but he he nolly flipped, nolly heel flipped, no slid the handrail, and, like, back then that was kind of mind-blowing, I think. Yeah. I guess that was, like, around, like, when the the chocolate tour video came out and Costin was doing that at a at that that handrail in LA, right? Yeah, I'd never seen anything like that in person. So once once that uh, happened, you were 
they basically just put you on you didn't have like a test like one of those like get in the van and let's see what you're made of moments no nothing like that and i kind of thought it was a little fast too because like i was like i'm i kind of i'm kind of at that point i was kind of like more like a a park skater because there's just nothing else to skate or not much else to skate out there and i was a little insecure but at the same time i was like whatever sure Put, put me on if that's that's your call did you have dudes that you were looking up to at that point like did you have like pictures up on your wall or anything of like i don't know whoever yeah i had a, a poster up of barley ripping in australia i think i had like some america poster yeah i was like a skate enthusiast and then did you go to california for your first time shortly after that like yeah i was a going to welding school learning how to weld at the during this this time and uh there was a, a over spring break then i flew out to california and went to deluxe and all that and just saw san francisco met jake you met him on that first trip yeah oh shit what how <laughs> was that like uh kind of scary uh-huh yeah because everybody's like really nice and everything just like yeah grab all the wheels you want and here let's go to this epic skate park like like everything's all like just you know positive yeah hospitable exactly and then like he he came skating with us like one day and and just like started like barking at me right away (laughs) totally threw me off got me off guard not like i could have put up much of a guard anyway (laughs) 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 but yeah yeah that's when i got my uh first cover out at alameda with uh, luke on that trip oh damn and then then, uh they did like a heads thing with me uh skating third army right and uh doing like some shitty interview i think jason did the interview and i did not talk and jason (laughs) just i don't know what jason was was trying to get out of the interview he 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 wanted to like i don't know i guess probably wanted me to be something that i'm not when interviewers are uh well this is like to push it in like a certain direction yeah, there's like your sponsors trying to get you on the map so people know who you are so they can start moving you into their system more and more, right? Yeah. And that's when you filmed a bunch of the... Did you film stuff for the real video on that trip? Yeah, yeah. Like, what was that? Real to real? Yeah, that was real to real. Yeah, I just went skating with uh, Wolf. Did you know who Wolf was? Yeah, yeah. I knew all those videos. Yeah, Gabe and, and Wolf. It was just like a 10-day a trip or something or like a week trip or something like that. Yeah, there's some stuff in there. I don't know. I can't I can't remember that well. But we went to the Alameda Park quite a bit. And I know I know one Nolly flip from Alameda made it into the video. And I couldn't really tell you what else. But, yeah. And I, I don't know. Who cares? Yeah. <laughs> well, what was your reaction when you saw that you got a cover? Uh, stoked i don't know <laughs> was it completely like was there any thought that there's a, no like no, no. They, I, you were just out shooting photos they didn't like, like entertain the idea or like tell me anything about this and didn't really think that was like in the cards at all uh-huh but i also wasn't really like concerned with any of that stuff i was just super happy to like skate all these spots and meet all these skaters and like just like yeah i don't know like you get out of kansas i guess at the end of the day (laughs) right you know so Um, did you see the mag though for the first time like on the new shelves or like did you they uh they next dated to me jason 
Jason next day did to me, I think. Oh, so you got it in the mail? Yeah. Damn. Yeah. Yeah, because that's before social media and stuff, right? Yeah. 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 So that's like. I met Greco on that trip. I went and skated with Greco. NSF? Yeah, yeah. Because he was friends with uh, Tim Upson. Okay. And and Tim Tim was like, came skating with us. Yeah, he's like fully pissed drunk out. That was like, probably like his like. That might have been. The time he switched fronts, I flipped uh, Lincoln. I think it was. Cause I think I think that was like the the mag after that with his like half face and half yeah. switch fronts I flipped. Yeah. And like, yeah, I I remember like tripping out on him because he wouldn't he wasn't really skating. He would just like pile. We'd show up at a spot and he'd just like stumble out and like drink <laughs> in and stuff and like he I guess in hindsight he's probably like hamming it up a little bit but like still like he would just like kind of like scope things out and then like I guess just like do the whole like hammer down thing i guess it's like a completely different approach to skating than i had i just like oh here we are let's skate and stuff but he he was like more like i guess more professional or just Get more the, selective yeah and uh, i guess the skating he did is like more like you can't just like casually go about it because you're gonna be not walking for like two weeks after bailing uh-huh or making right from that trip is that kind of how you got the connection because eventually you moved in at the Athens house with Epson, right? Yeah, but that was much longer, like quite a bit after that, I think. Oh, uh, okay. Once I was done with welding school, they just flew me out to California, and I went on the like a big summer tour. That's when we filmed a lot for the Real to Real. That's when I like met Gons on that trip, hung out with Frank and Nate. Yeah, that was pretty sick. Just like skating every good spot in America. Just that's all we were doing, and uh, I thought that was wonderful, and it was. Was that? Kind of when King of the Road started, too? No, King of the Road is like 2000, 2002? 2003. Oh, 2003. This was like summer of 2000. So you were already living in SF when King of the Road happened, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay. And, uh, yeah, my first King of the Road was with, was with uh, Volcom. Ah. You know, Deluxe didn't want none of that. And, uh, <laughs> yeah, that was a lot of fun. I think the first King of the Roads were much better. Yeah. They weren't so overproduced and... Yeah, I had a lot of fun on on the on the King of the Road trips. And it was across the whole country. Yeah, it was legit. No fucking Hawaii? What the <laughs> fuck is that? King of the Road? There's no road to Hawaii. Yeah. I'm going to have to take that one out with the burn dog. <laughs> oh, really? Look, all right. King of the air. King of the fucking waves. King of the airwaves. That's you, man. That's your podcast. Ooh. <laughs> <laughs> we've got a new slogan uh, kids what's the ac- what's the acronym for there for that Cordoba. that doesn't make sense that sounds shit yeah what about china banks yeah we talk about china banks a little bit you've had a lot of fucking good moments there and it's not an easy fucking spot to skate if anyone's not been there they might think different but it is not something you just show up and bust at. Where did you remember the first time you went there? Not really, but it must have been like one of those one of those trips, like one of those like first trips when uh, they flew you out. Like, let's go check out Hubba Hideout. Let's yeah, go check out all the like yeah, known spots. Yeah, Miley. It was kind of like a. Oh, here's the spot. Oh yeah, it's hard to skate. Oh yeah, car- <laughs> carve the bench. All right, let's get out of here. <laughs> yeah, because uh, like, I think. Uh, Gabe was kind of like, he's probably been there like a million times, you know, and he knows there's like, we're not going to get a photo or a clip there because 
it's hard to skate i guess yeah the bar is high and at that point i think it had the gate up already so people weren't skating the ledge at the end Uh, at the top okay yeah and i guess it was just kind of like a spot that you'd like hit up when you're in that area and then just move on i mean it still is that and then i don't i don't know i think like i didn't really skate it till like a couple of years after and i just kind of had this like i just wanted to skate spots in sf and i kind of had always had this feeling and i still have this feeling like that spot's not gonna last much longer right and uh it's like very unique once that spot's gone you're not going to be able to go to like boston or whatever and find something like similar or where wherever you know mm-hmm. that's just it's just uh, one of a kind and uh yeah i just wanted to like skate it while he could i guess while i can and uh yeah so i i, I skated there by myself most m- most of the time and uh then uh filming for chichikov oh yeah the Volcom vid i think i think that's when i i drug my roommate Velucci out there to get clips you lived with Velucci over in that building that matt newton owned yeah on uh, monterey in glen park and Strubing was upstairs or something? Or uh, downstairs? Well, later on, Strubing was in the middle, and then Matt was at the top. And uh, Brian Schaefer lived in there for a second, too. Really? You ever talked to Volucci anymore? No, no. He kind of disappeared, just, huh? Yeah, he just kind of ghosted. He's seems like, like in Vermont or somewhere. Yeah. It seems like that's what people do. Come to California, just do it up, and then just dip out. Upson is probably the textbook of that. Tim Upson, he probably knows what you're doing. You have no idea what he's doing. Very elusive creature. I can imagine what he's doing. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that dude, he, he taught me a lot of things, so I think. Really? Yeah. Right. It's always strange because people think uh, like that he just like showed me how to party and stuff, but we never like partied together. He he would go party and I would go party, but it was always like separate, and he he taught me everything other than partying. Oh, yeah? yeah that's that's kind of what i think what, what what was your formidable party years was that right then kind of like coming to sf discovering all this stuff like you're probably drinking the most and that kind of stuff and getting out there or yeah i, w- I would say it's after uh real to real came out and uh i guess the honeymoon phase of of california kind of wore off i was discovering alcohol mm-hmm. and uh i guess it was also that time where like drinking was like cool kind of like it was like the piss trunks and all that kind of stuff was like not like i was really doing it to be cool i don't know i guess i didn't really have much of an interest in like pursuing skateboarding as a career kind of like a lull in my skating partying's just way easier <laughs> so uh, yeah that's that, that was probably like a good two or three years i'd say was there any sketchy moments any like times where you went a little overboard no just just dumb moments Right. I think I think that's you know like yeah you just get drunk and do stupid shit. That's, Wake that's up all the next happens. day and kind of have the little uh, moral hangover <laughs> where you're like fuck why did I do that yeah. shit? Those ones are okay. I never liked the ones when it's like what did I do? Uh, like when it's like blackout. vacant. But I, I consider myself fortunate to have uh, survived that really because the city can be sketchy. Yeah, absolutely. I, I don't know. People always say I punch them when I'm drunk and stuff, but I, I don't think I like. <laughs> I don't think I like start fights and stuff when I'm drunk. Like I'm not like because I would like stumble around the mission or all of SF really. I'd, I'd like 
odd hours in the morning and and like i, I wouldn't like come home with a black eye because i was like mouthing off to some random person yeah uh, so Huh. There's that one scene. I, I forget what video it is, but I think Gabe's pouring your alcohol mm-hmm. out into the sink. Oh, that was seeing double. I think seeing double. Yeah, yeah, yeah seeing double. Yeah, I think. Uh, yeah, that was like party time for me because that's why they called it seeing double. <laughs> seeing double. Yeah, and uh, I was underage. I think that's why. I like uh, bottles of whiskey were like the most efficient way to get drunk because you can't just like, you know. When you have that, you know you're set. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, he, I was just passed out on the ground, and he did me a favor, dumping that shit. And they filmed it, and they thought it would be cool to put in the video. Mm. And I guess, yeah, whatever. Stands out to me. I always remember certain little things like that. But one time, I told Gabe to like punch me if I, if I'm drinking on a trip. We we're like in Utah or something, and I I, I got a I got a like a six pack or something, and he. Uh, we're at a spot and I'm just drinking my beer because I'm whatever. Yeah. Completely forgot about it and he just totally socked me. It was fantastic. <laughs> just kind of confused. <laughs> what? Uh, oh, oh yeah, yeah. You're right. <laughs> I asked you to do this. <laughs> yeah. How was going on trips with like him and Jason? Like those guys held it down pretty well, right? Yeah, they did a good job. Morford is and has always been really professional handling his stuff and kind of didn't put up with like much nonsense yeah i guess he just kind of like let people while out but but would just like not don't bring it on the session kind of or don't let it interfere with the trip like if we're like getting kicked out of the hotel or something like that it wasn't he wasn't that stoked and and jason's just great because like he would let kids be kids and then when they're misbehaving he'd choke you out put Mm. you in your place jason's like one of possibly one of the best tms of all time i think oh for sure fucking comedian great skater great skater could get anything handled would fix spots up for people like could get you out of trouble like solid dude yeah uh well speaking of nonsense we got to talk about i'm sure you've talked about this a million times but i go fast you want to talk about me going fast how did you learn to skate so fast <laughs> no actually we'll get to that maybe but I'm, my my biggest questions are about australia oh yeah 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 how, how did that trip come about why were you guys wearing the gear like how the whole thing is just like i was just talking about this last night really I think at least once a day, I, I, it crosses my mind. It, it's not many days where I don't uh, think about that. I, th- I think that's pretty like normal to uh, near-death experiences. But uh, I think also with all the current shit that has been bombarding us, it's it's hard not to like remember all that. Was it just you three? Yeah, Monk, Jake, and I. For just the whole trip? No, it was a Volcom trip. Okay. And they they wanted to do a week in Perth and a week in Melbourne. We started in Perth. Jake was on the trip because Volcom would just get Jake on trips to like hype it up, bring the fire, I guess you know, and yeah, just get get everybody like, I guess just show us how it's done, really, you mm. know, fucking amateurs. I'm not sure why Monk was there. I think like Jake Jake had this planned out kind of kind of planned out but not really but i think he wanted they wanted to go on a cross-country trip across uh, like across australia and do that drive 
yeah, they just like invited me on it, and I was like, yeah. It's not like every day that you just like have the opportunity to like travel across Australia by doing nothing more than just getting into the car. So uh-huh. I thought that was a good idea, and whatever. I don't really regret that. In hindsight, though, I didn't. I kind of think like, damn, that it feels like kind of like reckless almost, and kind of like, uh, yeah, like you were like almost like asking for something like this to happen. It was like bound to happen in a way, because it was like a rental car, and that way, <laughs> there was no like planning, and I think you kind of need to have like. A little bit of a plan. A, a little bit of a plan. I remember, like, him flooring it. We went to Bon Scott's grave. That was pretty cool. That's we in Perth? It wasn't in Perth. It was, like, outside of Perth, but we went there. That was, like, kind of, like, the kickoff of the trip. Huh. But I, I was very concerned about him flooring it the whole time, not because we're going way too fast and that's hazardous. I was concerned because there's, like, stretches, long stretches without gas stations, and when you're flooring it, your fuel economy goes way down. Right. And I was just like, we're just going to be on the in the in the middle of nowhere, like, <laughs> with nothing, you know? What a fucking stupid way to think about shit, but that's what I was concerned about. Well, that would be my first thought, because just going down Highway 5 is kind of sketchy sometimes, or it used to be as far as mapping out your gas stations, but in the middle of Australia, it has to be way worse. There's there's no traffic, you know? Like, it's, like, desolate. Uh-huh. Uh, you're not going to get that on the 5, but, yeah, it's, it's like... But, I mean, you got to get gas when you see gas, no matter yeah, where you are. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I'm pretty sure you have to have like a reserve tank. You can't just take like a rental across Australia. But whatever. It's 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 kind of like I'm happy we crashed because we probably would have died other ways if we didn't. Well, dying is kind of extreme, but I don't think it would have gone very well. Huh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we we were the rockin' vicars. That's what what Jake called us. We had like priest outfits. And it was to spread the word of Stoke. Spread the word of Stoke. (laughs) And it was kind of like, I think he just wanted to like have like that costume and have a good time like that. Uh Uh, But also because he had like 60 boards and uh, customs, they were going to give him a hard time. And uh, he he wore the, the, I don't even know what it's called, you know, the the weird like white thing on your what neck what a priest wears yeah i'm sure it has some kind of name yeah but he wore that and and like just like pretended to be a priest <laughs> and some bullshit about how he like shouldn't get like customs tolls on his uh, on his uh 60 skateboards he needs those to like give to the children of the world <laughs> That's and they let him in of course they let him in they didn't, uh, they didn't want to talk to this dude. Yeah. They were just like, all right. Yeah, but then that was like the story behind that. And he, he had like a, a, a pre-shirt for me. He had one for Monk and he had one for himself. And we we're like the rockin' vicars. And, and uh, it's pretty funny, like totaling a car and getting out. And the first person who stops is like, priest? Father? Yeah. <laughs> You're wearing this goof outfit. <laughs> Did he continue it or was it like, no, this is too serious? Oh, afterwards yeah oh um yeah we continued it but we just like it's it's a it's a strange thing after something like that happens you really just like let it go you have a who gives a fuck mentality that you can't really like recreate yeah and so like, like somebody's making fun of you for your rock and vicar shirt like whatever it's just could have cared less like you're just happy to be alive yeah like, and it was like a shit 
Yeah, and I mean... Were you awake in the car or were you sleeping when it happened? Uh, so it was like, we, we drove one day and then and then stopped at a hotel. Those dudes, like Jake just wakes up at like god-awful hours. Fuck. So like, like it was like, uh, all right, I'll get in the car, we'll go keep driving. So we're like flooring it. It was like sunrise, I guess, kind of like, or like... And uh, and I, I was just sleeping in the back, uh, and I had I I put my seatbelt on because I thought that might be a good idea. <laughs> yeah, I had that going for me. And Jake and was driving. Seatbelts save lives. Like, there's no doubt about it. I would have been yard sailed like all over the place. <sighs> and uh, yeah, it's it's not a fun feeling to to feel the seatbelt doing its job. <laughs> like very good. You're like. Thank God this thing is fucking strong because there's a lot of, a lot of pressure on that bad boy. Yeah, so I, I was sleeping in the back and uh, I I woke up to like Jake yelling some stuff, like just like oh like oh, like whatever. And I woke up to us fishtailing. There's enough time for me to be like, oh shit, oh, and just kind of like prepare. And then the car actually flipped, right? Oh, the car flipped a bunch of times. <laughs> Fuck. It was uh, 600 feet from where we went off the road to where it ended up, like a football field. <sighs> and we luckily, like, didn't hit, like, any of the trees because there were trees and just, like, you have enough time to, like, be like, oh, okay, we're crashing, like, holy shit. Like, and you just kind of, like, I, I, like, tensed up kind of, like, 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 and, and, uh. And I, I just closed my eyes. I mean, I don't think there's much to look at anyway. You like kind of see yourself going off the road, and and then it's just like oh shit. And then you start to flip, and it's a very eerily silence in the middle of flipping. Like it's like loud and crazy and everything, but then you're like in the air, and it's just silent. And then you like hit hit the ground. It's like like whatever like car crashing sound i can't do that yeah siri sound <laughs> sound of a crashing car <laughs> and then you like hit the ground flip quiet again hit the ground quiet again and you get into like this little rhythm and like you're you're just like oh, okay cool or, like still alive like fuck like and you just like think you're gonna die and then we were like on the ground and i thought we were it it was over i was just waiting for another impact and it it took a while to like be like oh shit the crash is complete (laughs) (laughs) and then yeah we're upside down and and jake's like hubbard dennis and there's all like we'll make noises and like everybody's okay fuck fuck yeah and we all we we all knew like didn't have to be that way could have easily not been that way fuck. and whatever is it true that right after that hubbard just like did he just bail did he no, just sca- no? no you guys stayed together uh, yeah we, we we stayed together people were like giving us water and stuff people travelers were like helping us out and like saying stupid shit like you should buy some lottery tickets because you're the luckiest people uh. in the world and everything. And, like, people from, like, miles before who, like, Jake just, like, fucking recklessly, like, <laughs> passed, you know, like, asshole style, I'm sure. I don't know. I was yeah. sleeping, but, like, I can't imagine it being very courteous. 
were like, oh, yeah, you passed this a while back. I, I, I knew you would crash. <laughs> <laughs> People saying stuff like that. And then uh, the cops the cops showed up. And uh, it was like this remote Australian cop with like a four-wheel drive vehicle. And, 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 and yeah, here's a car. It's totaled. Write your report. Uh, we want to go somewhere. Can you drive us to the bottle shop? And he took us to the next town over that had like a skate park actually some weird random skate park and a and a bottle shop and we got drunk <laughs> of course wow and, and uh we were at the at the bar afterwards and then and jake was like i i deserve to get punched and you can you can punch me and he took off his glasses and i i uh i punched him i don't think he was expecting a solid punch but i gave him one i i, I mean like whatever I just wanted to punch something, and he was just putting his face out there. So I was like, "All right." I mean, that's like you said. You still think about it pretty much every day. That's a traumatic experience. Yeah, yeah. I guess. I guess so. I mean, you know. but the reason why I'm yapping about this is because we we got a a room in that town and uh, slept there, and we're gonna like figure it out the next day well we were like oh you know like we're not gonna like try to get back to perth and and that state of mind so we just like slept and then the next morning monk was gone and like left a left a note and just saying that like we're gonna have to hitchhike out of here and it's just easier to hitchhike if we split up because nobody wants to pick up like a gang of three dudes mm. it'll, it'll just be better if we're separated and uh, I think he must have gone home because I don't I don't remember seeing Monk or anything the rest of the trip. I never I never really knew Monk. Uh, I had I had this experience with him, and uh, the next time I saw him was at uh, Preston's uh, memorial. Whoa, it's that's like, heavy. Yeah, it's it's pretty dark all over. Yeah, I remember uh, like hit him up about maybe uh, uh, building some shit at at my place. Uh, some skate stuff and he he was down and we like got like a little texting repertoire going and then and then next thing you know he's gone too yeah fuck yeah <coughs> how long did you stay in australia after that you guys just continued the trip yeah oh fuck we just did what the rest of the vulcan pussies were doing which is flying across australia ah i thought i would have thought you would have just flown home no <laughs> I don't know why I just said Vulcan pussies. I just thought that'd be funny. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, but we 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 finished the trip. Yeah, went to went to Melbourne. We just like uh, sold sixty boards. Did you feel like you were on borrowed? Like you, this was just a fucking bonus round after yeah. that. Like, oh, this is we. Yeah. Well, yeah, you got like a little extra credit. Yeah, I mean, Jake's had that probably a million times in his life, but yeah. To me, it's like a big deal. To him, it's like <laughs> one of many. One of many, but but you know, I, I don't I don't know if that's really accurate either. I think yeah, I think he was shook too. I mean, that photo of him next to the car flipped—it's like the opening of the book or whatever. It's like that is that says it all. Like to anybody that looks at that, they can be like, "Holy fuck, this is like a gnarly photo," <laughs> you yeah. know? And yeah, there's like a like a a small tree i mean two three inches diameter that was like sticking through the front of the car i don't know how but it went through the like dashboard and was like coming out of the through the steering wheel Mm -hmm. like it was like 
heading towards Im- impaling the driver, which was Jake. And, uh, yeah, just the car, the car just stopped, like, you know, like a foot or two more, and it would have been quite a bit different. But Whoa. But, um, damn, that's so gnarly. Do you have some special feelings for uh, recently losing Hubbard and Jake, like, there was the three of you guys in that car. Like, I just thought about that today, actually. I was like, oh, whoa, Dennis is, like, the sole survivor of that gnarly thing that, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, I have I have a weird feeling of just, like, being alone. I guess you uh, go through an experience like that, and it creates, like, a bond. Right. And, like, I wasn't, like I said, I wasn't close with Monk, but, like, we always had that. Like, I saw him at Preston's funeral as, like, you know, I know, and like whatever, being like the last survivor. I I, I don't know why. I just I just feel feels alone, and I wasn't really that close to Jake either. It's not like I like called him up and talked to him all the time and everything. But now since they're gone, it's like, yeah. oh, it's it's just me, and I, I feel like some kind of like obligation to like take something away from that experience and like put it out in the world or something. And I, I don't really know how to do that. Uh-huh. But like, they're not gonna do it. So yeah, I'm I'm the only one left to do something and who the fuck knows what that is did that affect your relationship with jake you know before that he would like give me a hard time and i'd be like oh oh, editor of the mac okay yeah uh and and now it's just like fuck you like we (laughs) we're the same we we're both you know on the same on an equal footing in that respect i guess i don't know i guess like a mutual mutual respect i guess i like I, i don't know like in the equal sounds stupid but it's like uh whatever you're like bickering about you can always just be like we both know this is total horse shit and we're both alive so that's great Hi- and we'd end up high-fiving basically <laughs> not literally <laughs> yeah figuratively okay i have to go use the restroom now okay take a little break we'll be right back and now for another first impressions with timothy donald mckenney Tim McKenney, first impressions, probably the heaviest one outside of you were doing a P-Stone, but I didn't know him like this. I didn't know Jake that well either, but my first impression of him was me as a child at the San Jose warehouse, not the first one, the second one down there in San Jose. But uh, he came in, storming in on the vert ramp, doing Nolly 360s or Nolly Norse, Caballeros, all kind of elliptical magic, glasses on, hair up, maybe a headband shorts uh maybe a button-up white button-up short sleeve it's kind of like in my head implanted uh goggles flying i'm saying nolly 360s or caballerios nolly norris all kinds of stuff man that's my first impression of jake last impression is uh you're a flash in the pan and i guess i was so he was right he also said watch what's out there after skateboarding you were living a fairy tale he was right it's a tough world, guys. I don't believe in me undies. I've been freeballing. Really? I've been freeballing for quite a long time. You and Toad. Yeah, people always complain about my ass crack and shit. I didn't know Toad does that. Good yeah. man. What's it called? Rambo, I think it's what they call it. Well, I've I've always been a stance man. They sent me socks, and once they started making underwear, I said, send the, so- the underwear, too. That's not going to the podcast. It's going in. Right after the MeUndies well, yeah, commercial. Yeah, yeah. We're yeah. going gonna to combat underwear. 
and then Struvian had Silo. It's like it's like Swiss bearings. It's the <laughs> shit everybody skates, but but you're sponsored by NMB. Uh, <laughs> falsehood is alive and well. Joe Brooke told me to ask you a question, and he said, "Hold on, I want to say one more thing that I thought of when I was peeing oh, okay. uh, about the Australia thing and everything, just because yeah. it's kind of bizarre and uh, kind of trippy." But my my mom, who was at, in Kansas at the time, woke up in the middle of the night and and was extremely worried about me. And was like something's something's up with Dennis. Something's going on with Dennis, and she has seven children. She could worry about many others of them, but she was uh, tripping out on me. And uh, yeah, come to learn that was like exact the exact time of the accident. And uh, yeah, I'm not really big on like ghosts and supernatural stuff, but like that one is always a little like trippy, and. Uh, yeah, just want to put that out there. I, I, I've gotten more into that shit as I've gotten older. Like, we're big on full moons. We feel like people really kind of get crazier during full moons. A lot of babies are born in full moons. Yeah. I guess that can be explained scientifically, but yeah. But, yeah, I don't know what that was. If that's like just like a mother bond to her child or what, but... Mm. Australia is a long way away from Kansas. Mm. Not not to be morbid or anything, but like life is precious. Yeah. Well, switching gears a little bit. <coughs> Let's do that. Joe Brooks says eggs any style story. Oh goodness. <laughs> Frank Gerber is a much better storyteller. <laughs> what does that mean? Uh, just means that I was pretty green. That's all it means. Um uh, yeah, when 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 you have a family of seven kids, you don't really go out to eat much. I basically I didn't know how to order eggs, uh, and I was looking at the menu at Denny's, seeing it says like eggs any style. I was like, that sounds pretty cool. <laughs> sure, I'll have the eggs any style. <laughs> oh shit! Okay. And then and then they were confused, and I was confused. And I guess I'll never hear the end of it. <laughs> That's pretty funny. Uh, it's like, give me the soup of the day, whatever, you know? Like, it's kind of like just rolling the dice. <laughs> the one thing Joe remembers is that out of everything. He, he wasn't even there. This is like, this is like Frank. Frank keeps that one alive. He loves that one. Uh, That's pretty funny. That's like, did you? Ever, I mean, I think about it whenever I see a menu that says any style. Did you ever hear the one about Pablo going on the first anti-hero trip? Mm-hmm. <laughs> Are those uh, clouds, cloud makers? Yeah. yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. I, I'd like to believe he said that kind of as a joke, though, too. Yeah, and I just ran with it. I don't know. You think he really thought they're producing clouds somewhere like that? Yeah. That's where clouds come from. I mean, I I've talked to Pablo a lot through the years and. It definitely seems in par with some of his ideology. I mean, laugh all you want. It's not unrealistic. I mean, China, they make they make clouds. They make rain yeah. for their crops. Yeah, but Boreal, they make snow. Collinson chiming in. Love Pablo, by the way. Yeah. He's a, he's a great dude. For sure. What kind of vert skating have you done in your life? What's one of the better moves you've done on a vert ramp? Mm, not much. No? Just getting up on the lip i've never managed to like really properly air anything uh for a while i was pretty gung-ho on doing a 540 but 
and I was just like try to like spin it spin. below the coping, and uh, but like just like Smith grinds and lip slides. I don't know, maybe a tail slide. Yeah. But uh, yeah, vert scares the shit out of me, and I just couldn't. I could never learn how to just knee slide. You know, you just go to your knees. I'd always like try to run out, and that'll just destroy you on a vert ramp. Right. And uh, yeah, they had a vert ramp at Volcom, and I went down there for like two weeks just to skate vert and uh yeah did you pad up yeah fully padded just trying to fucking trying to spin explore my horizons <laughs> uh, I, remember I was on dvs with uh, steve barra and i uh, and i was always like baffled by the fact that homeboy can do 540s and he doesn't just go out every day and do one or two uh, for the hell of it i don't know it's kind of like surfing in a weird way where you like you don't have to do as much to to feel an accomplishment like you know what i mean like if if you do a back disaster or something like that you're like fuck that mm. was your whole session as opposed mm-hmm. to street skating you feel like oh, i suck yep <laughs> that's why fucking street skating's for men yeah <laughs> <laughs> nice. no nah, that's just bullshit vert skating's fucking gnarly yeah fucking d-way come on I I, lo- I love I love the DC video and how like somebody somebody's talking shit to Danny Way at the bar and and like saying he can't skate street anymore and he's like, oh yeah, we'll fucking film a street part and that's how all that shit came about in the DC video. Oh, and I don't even know if that's true or not, but I like to think that in my head. Come on, <laughs> questionable video. Fucking Danny Way fucking does it all. Yeah, Danny's what he he back three like a mockbow. Yeah, yeah. And that's not some little scrawny kid. That's a fucking man. Yeah. That's a man's 360. What's up with uh, the Adidas? You, you did well with your shoe. You did well with the video part for away days. Uh, you feeling? How you feeling about all that? Spoiled. Spoiled. You get to travel in luxury. Mm-hmm. They take care of you on flights. Do you ever get to? Yeah, I don't have to sleep on the ground. Do you, Do you ever get to fly with the pod? luxury of the pod I've, I've flown with the pod but that was like on my own miles that was like premium platinum crap Alyssa's been hyping up the pod since she got on nike she's like oh my god it's a whole different world yeah no it's it's a uh, still fly economy mm. i'd rather get, have them buy uh, some hungry kid a ticket to some some spot yeah and like give me a pod but yeah, I, f- I feel I feel very fortunate about how things panned out with my shoe and everything like that. It's kind of like winning the lottery. Yeah. And I mean, I mean, it's always funny because in hindsight, people are like, "Of course, it's Adidas. Of course, your shoe's gonna sell." Or like, "No, of course you just make a shoe like that and it'll sell and everything." But like, people aren't like that as you're doing it or right at the beginning. Mm-hmm. It's not. It's not like that. There's a lot more. Uh, unknown stuff that you're aware of and people like to point out there's some resistance over there to putting out a soccer inspired shoe i guess i just stuck to my guns and i knew that's what i wanted was the initial um situation was that when bryce was still there yeah bryce bryce got me on so i owe him a lot wouldn't wouldn't have happened without him yeah because when when they got me it's not like i was like a top dog or anything or whatever sounds stupid they were like going after like apple yard and like pj lad and like gnarly dudes but bryce had an appreciation for my skating 
yeah, I guess he just stuck to his guns too and, and uh, made them get me. I got a little bit more serious when that happened. Like that, that was like the first time I saw like real money from skateboarding and I wanted to like, you know, earn my keep in a way too. So I, I kind of like tried to be more professional than I had been in the past. Did that add a lot of stress or? Um, no, I wouldn't, I wouldn't call it stress. No. It was just like, okay, we're on a skate trip. We're here to skate. I'm going to skate, you know, and whatever happens, happens. Uh-huh. It, it wasn't like, just like, kind of like that, like flippant, just I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to sit in the van. Fuck it. Like, I, I didn't do that. No, children created stress for me. Yeah. <laughs> or pressure. Did you meet Snoop Dogg filming the video and stuff? Yeah, but it was a surprise. They just wanted to go to like a spot near the airport in LA. Like they they got us down to LA and we're like, oh, we're going to this like bank to wall and like, all right, skate it. This will be for our way days and like, and we're just like wall riding this this thing and and like, it was kind of weird. Like, what the fuck's going on? Like, why do you guys want us like skiing this like whatever spot uh-huh. for the video? And then and then uh, Snoop just showed up. It was pretty. It was pretty rad. Yeah. I mean, it's fucking Snoop Dogg. And then you got the last part of the video. Yeah. Fucking nailed it. You and uh, Silas stick out a lot to me as the production on it, everything, just the way, like, they filmed the intro to your part, like, to the sounds, like, and it just started oh, making uh, the beat and shit. Of, of the wallying, that wallying yeah. world. Yeah. Like that was sick. Who, who that was? That was such a fun trip. That was like the the one of the like one of the last trips. I think that was the last trip before uh, the video. And uh, yeah, Silas wanted to get out to Japan and and skate this certain spot that he that he had found somehow. Hmm. And uh, and uh, yeah, it was just like Silas and me and uh, rural Japan. I'd never experienced rural Japan and just like skating different different things out there. And we just went to this abandoned water park and they had all those like umbrella stands everywhere and was, and then they had this gigantic pool that was empty with like a downhill and i was like let's just set up as many wallies as we can let's just wally our hearts out and yeah. just like that was fun like it was cool wall- wallies for as long as your legs will carry you and yeah. you didn't even have to push just a <laughs> slight downhill with barunk barunk so did did that start like (laughs) when you guys did that did that turn into the music thing or did you go there because you thought to do it fuck no come on Uh, (laughs) i don't know camarillo or whoever edits can't you tell by a conversation that i don't think far ahead at all yeah yeah but you might not have been behind it It might have been someone else no that was just like editing room magic yeah that's cool what's going on now like you guys just moved back kind of to sf as your home spot more so now for the kids and stuff yeah uh can't really say i'm working on anything i have like a a weird thing with my leg just doesn't want to heal it's like a dead leg oh like uh yeah your hobos had that before where it's kind of like numb yeah and fuck that's frustrating i don't even understand how people don't skateboard like how the fuck do you get your kicks in like how the fuck do you like why do people even get out of bed it's really like baffling have you dove into some projects or anything that like (laughs) i got myself a dirt bike that's kind of fun yeah but like nothing compared to skating yeah i've been playing around with concrete you building more stuff up there i want to make a well if i say it then i have to do it (laughs) 
But I've been toying with this idea of making uh, Jake's glasses just oh. to, to scale out of concrete, one to one eight, and just uh, parking it somewhere, maybe at Waller or something. It would be kind of neat. I don't know. I don't know. It's just kind of like my version of a of saying something at his memorial or something like that. You know, it's just my kind of like way to remember him. Yeah. But then I like get like, wow, that's just stupid. What the fuck is fucking no, Jake's glasses and concrete? Like, who the fuck cares? And like, would it just end up in a lot somewhere? But like, whatever. I started working on it and building the form for it. I like thinking about it on, on Heckle Hill at Potrero, too. I think that'd be pretty cool. Yeah. Just park it there, and the city would probably remove it or something like uh, that. But it, even if it lasts for, like, a week or something, I think it'd be pretty pretty neat. Yeah, it'd be sick to almost do, like, one of those ones where you can move it around and, like, do a whole thing, like, like around actu- the city. Actual, oh, like that, move it around. I was thinking you meant, like, how you could, like, uh, move the temples of glasses and have that actual piece like move like that so uh, you could like adjust it for a different oh, different kind of thing that too but no just like it's at heckle hill for a day then you take it up to waller like how they did that one article with like the box and they took it to all the spots around the city and skated it and shit schmitty this just in concrete is heavy concrete is super heavy yep. <laughs> siri how heavy are these glasses <laughs> made out of concrete siri how how heavy is this 80 pound of concrete how are we gonna get siri to help us like to work siri will never help us <laughs> it's not god gonna... fucking assholes get over it ai is dog shit mm. the, the world's problems will not be solved by ai yeah i am a firm believer a firm anti-believer in AI and it's really hard living in San Francisco nowadays because everybody's all fucking seried out. Yeah. What do you think about the dudes that are on these motorized uh, skateboards and the Uniwheel and all those tech bros flying around? Oh, what do I think about that? I don't know. Fucking push the damn thing. I always want to yell at them or something, but it's just like so futile. Like, yeah. What? What's the, what's the point? What's like, the point? I want to yell at the police actually more or like the city in general and just be like, how come they get to do all this shit that we've done for years pushing and got harassed? (laughs) (laughs) Wouldn't that be funny if they recreate that Dolores Hill bomb where the cop just fucking checks that homeboy and (laughs) recreate that with like a techie on a mono wheel. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe I'll start directing movies. Oh, all right. Uh, let me be a grip (laughs) just like uh faces of death uh scooter edition yeah (laughs) (laughs) i think it could go viral i think it could you know this is still out there i got a hundred bucks for anybody to send me in five good clips of one of those dudes eating shit (laughs) i want to build this viral thing and just I mean, can't you find five of them on Kook Slams? No, nah, I don't think so. I've never seen them. Like, because no one's filming those guys. You know I what I mean? I guess so, huh? Yeah, like, it's not like they go out filming. They go out to fucking work. Aren't they, aren't they like, filming themselves, though? Uh, aren't they, like, constantly FaceTiming and stuff? Maybe, but they're not going to, you know, send in their slam of themselves. So you Siri can't even get us that footage. I, I got one of a dude at Lower Bob's, though. <laughs> it was insane. Some guy sent me one at Lower Bob's. I was like, how did Timo let that happen? I guess you could, like, sabotage them by, like, stringing a line across the road <laughs> and then just setting up a tripod. Mm. 
Uh, will you visit me in jail? <laughs> <laughs> we used to do that as kids. We would put the fishing line from one stop side to the other at night so you can't see it. And just like, boing! <laughs> Who would you get? Just people riding their bicycle? Or, or a car? Or just anything. Oh, cars. Cars yeah. just drive through it, don't yeah. they? <laughs> yeah. But it would be like, just dumb shit like that. Is it hard for you to watch skateboarding then? Yeah, I don't watch it. You don't? I I, I kind of disconnect myself from all of it. Yeah. I'll like end up at like skate events and skate things like that. And like mm. I'll see sk- people like just skating as I'm like making my way through town and stuff. And it, it just, it's, yeah. You know, you get, you get excited. You get, you see people skating and you get like, it gets you juiced. Yeah. And, and like, it's hard to when, when, when you, when you can't. Right like so i try try to like curb that for my own sanity do you watch any tv do you have netflix or anything like that oh yeah fucking handmaid's tale all that stuff yeah which by the way i feel like that show really jumped the shark oh did it i think so i didn't get into the second season i made it through one yeah, yeah. The, I I, I like the I like the first season. I think that was good. That's when it was still like uh, according to the book. Uh-huh. The second was good too, but then I feel like in the third, it, it just like Dragging it just it seems out. like they're like really just trying to dr- dig up. They they're just digging uh-huh. for drama. Like, what kind of horseshit can we concoct that's just like shocking and incredibly dark and bleak? You know, with at the beginning, you're kind of like, okay, I can see like. This is still like could be realistic if shit is really fucked up. But now, now I feel like they're just like, come on. <laughs> it almost was sci-fi. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, we've been watching Mindhunter. I like that one. I like the true crime shit. I don't know that one. It's about these guys that study, like, kind of psychological mm-hmm. look at these fucking crazy people. Yeah. It's pretty cool, actually. It's interesting. It is interesting. I, I just heard this thing on NPR uh, Radio Lab, and they were doing a show on uh, on the importance of play. And they were talking about uh, in the '60s when that dude uh, Oswald—no, no, Oswald was a guy off Kennedy. Uh, so they say Whitman, Charles Whitman, uh-huh. got on that tower in Austin, Texas, and started like leveling people, and that was like the the first big uh, mass shooting in in the U.S. and uh, and they were interviewing this uh, psychologist who was uh, tasked with the job of uh, exactly what you're talking about, finding out what makes a person do this kind of thing. Uh-huh. And uh, the dude had a pretty like normal, fairly normal childhood, abusive father, you know, but like a lot of people have abusive fathers. That doesn't mean they do this kind of stuff. Uh, but the one thing that like they interviewed all the friends and family and neighbors and everything and the one thing they said was the dude they never saw him playing like just free play whenever he was like doing something it was always like like a scripted activity or like a like a huh. very curated thing I don't know. I, th- I thought that was interesting, like listening to that from like a skateboarder's perspective, because skateboarding is nothing but playing. Mm-hmm. You know, you just you just do whatever you want. You know, you just go over there, go over here, jump up that, jump down that. It's nice to like hear like a like validation. It's important. 
what no. duh people gotta have fucking fun <laughs> yeah what like <laughs> that's what i say every day i'm like can we still laugh can we make jokes <laughs> is everyone too scared to like joke <laughs> yeah you gotta tread lightly oh big time yeah fucking all of this shit social media has just made life such a microscope of failure it's bananas yeah yeah you know and people kind of taking joy in other people's failure has been like so there's a word for that uh schadenfreude uh, schadenfreude uh, you yeah. pass yeah, yeah. I, yeah. I fucking hate it yeah now what whoa 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 weren't weren't you you're the one who was just saying that you want to pay somebody a hundred dollars <laughs> to get you five <laughs> scooter slams Touché. Uh, Touché. Uh, so Damn, see, you're on it. Yeah, I guess so. I have my moments. <laughs> well, y- y- you said if we do this before noon, your brain works a lot better. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah so we're yeah, good yeah, still. Yeah. This is, uh, you're hearing me at my best, peeps. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, I, I have to share this. And in, in, in Germany, they say it's a German word. Uh-huh. It's uh, n- notorious for uh, being untranslatable, so they just brought it to the English language. And it's just like um, misfortune, joy, or like just like getting like pleasure out of somebody else's like pain uh-huh and uh in german there's a saying schadenfreude ist die einzige freude and it translates to schadenfreude which you know and that joy is the only joy so if you think it's dark by itself well like brings it to another level i think we just discovered the title of your first movie (laughs) (laughs) so that's a perfect one Uh, look for schadenfreude in about 2024 yeah that's too hard to say but yeah that would be funny oh my god is uten glieten glauben globen is that german no glauben is belief but Uh. uh, where, where did you pick up something like that's that? Are you be- just freestyling no, right now? No, that's the beginning of Def Leppard Pyromania. It goes, Uten, Gleeten, Glauten, Globen. I got something to say. <laughs> Come on, farmer, start rocking out. <laughs> <laughs> the best band of all time. Aerosmith, dude. <laughs> no, it has to be ACDC, bro, but not fucking Hagar, Van Halen. ACDC, ACDC is from Australia. Australia. Man. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah, it's like so, dude, it was. The more beers that got consumed, the crazier it got. The the, the the whatever mumbo jumbo you're doing right now doesn't it's not German, but that doesn't mean that you're just like botching it. Or so yeah, like, I could yeah, be I completely could, could botching be it. Or Def Leppard might have botched it. I doubt that. Yeah. Best band of all time. Def Leppard, best band of all time. Well, how should we end it? Is there anything else we need to discuss? Uh, a freestyle rap battle. Is Free- that anything? Uh, were you really in a rock band? No. (laughs) (laughs) I asked Dennis, I was like, hey, do you mind holding a microphone? He's like, I was in a rock band before, so it shouldn't be a problem. (laughs) I do love Freddie Mercury, though. Uh, I I haven't watched that movie. Uh, That's Uh, a good one. I, I think it'll. I, I like Freddie Mercury. That lives in my head. I don't want to have Hollywood tell me what what yeah. I should have in my head with that in that regards. I appreciate that. Yeah, he's a special dude. Yeah, I don't know. I think that movie might actually. You might not be bummed on it. They did a pretty good job. You'd be surprised what I can get bummed on. <laughs> yeah. Well, thanks for taking the time out to do this. I really appreciate it. You know, I've been. Uh, 
on this journey through this year, doing one a week for the whole year. And uh, I'm getting towards the end of the year. I'm hoping to do one with Tommy. But you're fucking, you're up there in the top ones when they're like, who are the guys you're hoping to get done before? Dennis Buznitz is officially done. So I'm feeling really good about that. <laughs> Appreciate right it. On. Uh, say hi to the kids and the fam. And uh, Timo, this one's for you because you keep hitting me up with your fucking text messages telling me you need it live by 6 a.m. So this one is going to be at 6 a.m. for Timo. Love you, buddy. What? You're dropping him early like that? I am. Like Drop it because he said he needs it for his commute drive. Uh-oh. So, uh-huh. yeah. All right. And uh special shout out goes to uh, Box Cab Co. Shout out. You know who you are. <laughs> <laughs> uh, King of the Airwaves signing off. Big love. Peace.
Thank you for listening to another episode of Talkin' Schmidt. You can subscribe to the show on iTunes, Anchor, Spotify, or anywhere you get your podcasts. When you subscribe, you'll get notifications every Tuesday of new episodes the minute they become available. Also, please leave reviews and a five-star rating. It's the best way to help the show grow up them charts. All the episodes will always remain free to my listeners, but if you'd like to help support the show, you can do so at our website, TalkinSchmidt.com, where you can pick up some merchandise like stickers, beanies, t-shirts, or hats. The website has an entire archive of all the episodes with extra photos and video. You can also email me with any concerns, questions, suggestions, comments, etc. at TalkinSchmidt.com at gmail.com. That's Schmidt T-A-L-K-I-N-S-C-H-M-I-T at gmail.com. All interviews are conducted, edited, and produced by me, Schmitty. The intro music is Mary's Cross by the band Nature, and a special shout-out goes to my executive director, Cheryl Camisa. Shout-out. Until next week, this is Talkin' Schmidt, where the Rolodex is deep, but the conversation is deeper. Talkin' Schmidt. Talkin' Schmidt. Talkin' Schmidt.